You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer for you, the listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash in $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's promo code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, two customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hello and good day, San Jose. Welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. How you guys doing, folks? Name's Nick Floor, hailing out of lovely Sacramento, California. It's hotter than shit, of course, but we have some lovely draft news on tap for you guys, ready to dial it up. Joining me as always, I got Dylan Kayser from Ground Zero in Nanaimo, Vancouver Island. This doing, is where it bro? happens. This is where it happens. No, we're buzzing. <laughs> we're buzzing, Nick, because uh, yeah, it was a gr- it was a great draft. Great draft. Yeah, Dylan's actually hailing in on a uh, leapfrog laptop right now. the The picture quality is amazing. Uh, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> it's awful. It's awful, folks. So you might not see any video clips come out of this episode. Just a little warning. Yeah, at least you still sound great, though. And that, that's half the there battle. So luckily, go. we're on a podcasting platform. And nothing yeah, I, I, got, I got a face for radio. What can I say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we have, like I said before, we got some draft talk lined up for you guys. We're going to not do a full deep dive. We're going to go over each draft pick of the Sharks, as well as take a look at a couple of the uh, trades that went down and discuss a, a highly controversial pick that you guys probably all know about. Before we jump into the everlasting madness, we're going to shout out our social media handles. You can follow myself on Twitter at NickFloor underscore. You can follow the podcast at StickHungryPod. And you can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. You can follow myself. <laughs> I was waiting for the intro there. You can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN, but I'm considering changing it to uh, DYL underscore Everlasting Madness because uh, that was a good, great line there. I like that. Yeah, ever, the Everlasting Madness episode. <laughs> so let's just let's just hop right into this stuff, Dylan. Um, it, for those of you that didn't listen to the bonus post-draft reaction episode, the Sharks drafted William Eklund, a.k.a. Billy Eck, seventh overall out of Jurgarden, Sweden. And honestly, it, we highly advise you to go back and listen to that because you you hear pure emotion and zero breakdown of what he... I'm kidding. We, we go deep dive into that <laughs> pick. 
we run on a couple of tangents based on the goalies that were actually picked one before the other a little bit of a surprise there from detroit but you know william Eklund's just one of those players that can turn into something special really quick man we we got a top end player in william Eklund. some say he was you know either the best or the second best skater in this draft and we got him at seven you know he's gonna kickstart this offense or, or you know pump some juice into it at least i i think that he can make a jump potentially into the nhl next year or the season after he's a little bit more mature you mentioned nick that he just missed uh the the previous draft so he's a little bit older than some other players in the draft and you know he's played in the shl he's played against men and he's produced at that level so i think we have a great player here yeah honestly i i am so fucking excited for this pick i was tagged in a video from today's uh u.s um hockey team i believe they're going against finland today uh that's sunday july 25th obviously we're recording this and thomas bordelow just had an amazing controlled entry against the Finns, and then um I believe it was like Linus Tuck. I'm not sure his first name. It's Alex Tuck's younger brother. He he had a great finish, but it was just an amazing individual play from Thomas Bordalo. And uh, Jordan at Splash Cousin, he actually tweeted at me and he said, I can't wait for the wise black. I'm going to try to actually quote him specifically because it's amazing. He said, that Eklund Bordalo wise black first line is going to be bananas in 2025. <laughs> and with William Eklund's draft age, and it's at splash underscore cousin. Sorry. Is but that the follow his, of the day? Follow the that's day. That's the right follow there? of the day. Okay, 100%. there we go. Go follow Jordan. He just got a, a, especially Bay Area sports fans, he just got hired by SB Nation to write for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, so big shout out to him. He's making big pushes forward and his hobby turned career from what we're seeing. And we couldn't be more excited for him on here. And, you know, he's about to get the stick-hungry bump, too, you know, with, with that mention. So, you know, oh, yeah. Jordan, you know, expect a flood of followers. You might get, like, three over the next 48 hours from that mention. So, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, good luck. The flood's coming in, boys. <laughs> but uh, funny thing is he, he says the Eklund Bortolo Weisblatt first line is going to be bananas. And most people think, well, no, we, we drafted Weisblatt and Bortolo last year. You know, we drafted Eklund this year. They're not going to be going into the NHL at the same time. Funny enough, uh, Doug Wilson Jr. actually said that he projects Bortolo, Merkley, and Eklund to be on the exact same timeline, and that Weisblatt's probably going to be the one that takes a little bit longer because he is uh, up for the uh, he's playing for the the Prince Raiders right now. So um, expect Eklund Prince Albert to be Just have to throw Prince Albert. Yes, Prince Albert Raiders. Excuse me. Playing for the Raiders, but not of Las Vegas. The Raiders. Uh, <laughs> Raiders. But, uh, yeah, expect Eklund to be on that sort of timeline. He might actually come over and be in the camp in this offseason. There's no real issues with that because the timeline will match up. He could possibly squeak into a couple of Barracuda games depending on how his uh, season goes over in the SHL. And I fully expect him to be competing for a roster spot. Uh, not this coming season, but the following season, the 2022-2023 season. So, yeah, I would not be surprised if Bortolo and Eklund establish a great rapport together over the course of the next 10 years as they terrorize the Pacific. I'm just going to say it, hot take. I'm going to say he's on the team next year. Eklund's on the team. This there coming season? Yeah. Oh, shit. Write yep. it down. Write it down! No, write it down. <laughs> because, you know, I think... I think maybe in other years, maybe he wouldn't, but I think right now is a good opportunity to get him in the roster. And the Sharks, you know, with fans coming back in the stands, I 
feel like the Sharks need some excitement around this team. I mean, there hasn't really been much. And I feel like getting a young player like this in the lineup, and I don't think you're rushing him because, like I said, he produced at the SHL level. He can play with men. I think he can play in the NHL. It might take a year or two for him to get comfortable, but, you know, I, I think there's a shot. Yeah, and, you know, we had guys like, and, and this is no offense because obviously I'm a co-conductor of the John Leonard hype train, but you have guys like You're John still chugging Leonard. along? Oh, it's 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 getting a little stagnant there. It's off season, you know. We're running out of coal. The coal industry is down in the dumps right now. We, I just don't want to talk about it, really. But uh, when you have a player of William Eklund's caliber, if you buy out Martin Jones, which has yet to happen, um, unless it happens on Monday morning, please, Doug Wilson, let it happen. But you can afford a better three C, a veteran three C, a Casey Sezikis, perhaps. And then on the wings of Casey Sezikis, who better? <laughs> Nick, I'm sorry. You just keep saying that name, and you're just hoping that after you mention it enough, it's just going to come true. I will will this into existence. I don't care. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what his projected cap hit or contract will be, but I think it's within the realm of possibility if he doesn't plan on re-signing uh, with New York. But um, I honestly, I'd love to see Eklund on a third-line role with a Casey Sezikis and another skilled winger on the other side. And just, I want to see how that works. Cause I really feel like you're right. There's a possibility he could make a big difference compared to who we have down in the prospect pool right now. And Hey man, how many guys in our top six last year did we say, you know, they played all right, but it seems like there just wasn't much energy in the line. Do you not mm. think a, a guy like Timo Meyer could benefit from playing with Eklund or, or any other of the wingers? I mean, you know, with these guys, you can kind of flip them around where they are in the lineup. So I, I just think it's going to be a great boost for uh, the offense of this team. It could easily be known as the Tomas Hurdle effect when Hurdle yeah. came over from the Czech League and he played more wing because of how much of a smaller guy that he was. When he played wing and he scored those four goals on New York, like just hearing Drew Remenda's voice during that broadcast and him just lose it, absolutely lose it, and just like, oh my God, what is that? That's talent. That's confidence. Like it, that's a that's a huge boost. It, you get a player like that, i.e. William Eklund, and you slot him into that that lineup. Who knows? Anything can happen. It's the fucking NHL, right? So yeah. And by the way, uh, we forgot to mention earlier on in the episode, we do have voicemails uh, coming in at the end of the episode. And I'm sure I actually haven't listened to them. I think we listened to one uh, prior to recording, but I'm sure some people are going to be pumping Eklund's tires. Oh, yeah. I, it's all going to be Eklund reaction, from my opinion. And I also think it's going to be reaction of this pick, which we're going to get into right now. So the Sharks didn't have a second round draft pick due to the Eric Carlson trade. And like we said in the last episode, the consequences and the after effects of the Eric Carlson trade are now over. We don't have any more anything tied to Ottawa. We finally are, are back at level, back at equilibrium. Um, and ironically enough, if you look at the players that they actually have for Eric Carlson, they really only got two good guys out of there because apparently Chris Tierney's on his way out from what I've heard. So they got Rudolph, uh, sorry, DeMello's gone. Balsters is gone. Tyranny's gone, right? So yep. all they really have to show for it is Tim Stutzel and Josh Norris. Yep. These other picks were off the board, especially the second-round pick they had this year. The previous pick they had last year is also another off-the-board pick. They're very confident in their guys, and they have every right to be. They have the players and the scouts out there doing the work. But so far, it, we've only technically lost Tim Stutzel and Josh Norris. 
if Eric Carlson can find a way to be just above replacement, I feel like it might end up actually being a relatively even trade. If you don't look at the cap of Eric Carlson, of course. But, <laughs> yeah, just ignore that part. So the Sharks' next pick was actually in the third round. It was, and if I can zoom in on this, 81st overall, third round, from the Sarnia Sting in the OHL goaltender, Benjamin Goudreau. Not sure if he's a salami and Swiss guy or a ham and cheese guy like Johnny Ham and Cheese, but this Goudreau actually Ooh. plays between the pipes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so the, the big two names right that you could think of dylan during the that's a throwback to a, a previous interview for for those that know um but the big two goaltenders in this draft were not in order of draft but in order of scouting jesper wallstead for the shl and sebastian cosa uh, i believe in the queue i'm not sure if the edmonton no the edmonton Oil kings is in the dub isn't it yeah, they're in the WHL. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so Sebastian best junior league the, in the world. Yeah, yeah. Western Hockey League. Uh, Vancouver guy. You know, he he loves his West Side. He also loves Tupac and Dr. Dre. So it just he just loves the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where but, we go to from there, but uh, yeah. All right. Speaking of Western Hemisphere, that's where Benjamin Gaudreau is going to be playing. <laughs> he is a six foot two, one hundred and seventy four pound uh, left handed catching goaltender. And, you know, for, for all the names that were put out there with the, you know, the Wallstats, the COSA, right? He was actually ranked the second best North American goalie by Central Scouting. So you're talking about getting the second best North American goalie in the draft in the third round. And, and I honestly, I love this pick. I, I can't lie. No, I, I like the pick as well. And I think if you are going to take a goaltender... And this goalie isn't like a surefire thing. That's a you know a top five pick, like a Carey Price uh, back in the day, Mark Andre Fleury. You know, I I think you should take your goaltenders probably in the second third round um, because you know we typically see them fall in the draft, and you can get some value picks there. And I think yeah, like you said, ranked second best uh, North American goaltender. I, I think he's a uh, you know he has potential. It's so tough with goalies though as well because you're at least four or five years away from seeing this guy probably hit the ice uh, for your team. It doesn't even really matter if he, if he's a first-round pick or a third-round pick, so we're going to have to wait and see. But I do like what I see in Goudreau. Yeah, and, um, you know, you comp him to, I, I don't want to say comp as far as, like, skill-wise, but in draft position, this is a round where Aiden Hill went, talking about a third-round pick. Um, so you have plenty of upside uh, Elite Prospects 2021 draft guide says he's fast on his feet. He's not afraid to stay at the top of his crease. He employs a wide, low stance, stays upright to make quick, nimble adjustments, and stays centered to his shots. You know, that's everything Martin Jones didn't do last year. <laughs> so we're already looking better. Yep, um, I agree. I think the biggest thing that, that you can really take from his last two seasons is growth. And, and I'm not talking physical growth, but I'm talking growth in gameplay and mental, like just mentality. If you look at his 2019-2020 stats for the Sting, it, you're, you're a little worried. He played 28 games. He had a goals against average of 4.34 with only an 890 save percentage. Granted, the you know the Sarnia Sting, I don't, I don't believe we're that great that year. Um, but, you know, you, you look at that and you're like, oh, great. It's just another Martin Jones. You're an 890 save percentage, et cetera. He was also 17 years old. So, and keep in mind, this is junior hockey where some guys can walk away from a 60-game season with, you know, 200 points. Keep that yeah, in mind. Exactly. 
Exactly. Um, you fast forward to the following season. Well, OHL got canceled. So now he had that entire offseason because he did play for Canada Black in the U-17 WHC tournament where he played in only four games and had an even worse stat line of 787 and a 595 goals against average. So it just seemed like he was tanking. World Juniors, the World Junior Championship, the under-18 World Junior Championship comes up, and he just turns a whole new leaf. And it's crazy to see what happens to these goaltenders when you're playing with better guys in front of you. You know, and I think it just really goes to reflect the situation of the sting because he played in five games in that world junior championship. He posted a 2.2 goals against average and a 919 save percentage Unreal. with a win loss record of five and oh. No, so. that's a great point, Nick. I mean, when you're a goalie and you can trust your defenseman to be in the right spot, so you know that you know a certain spot of the ice is covered, you don't have to worry about that. So you can position yourself uh, as you see fit. But when you have defensemen that you don't really trust, it's kind of a hail mary uh, as far as being a goalie and being in position. So I, I think your point is right that when he's with better players, he plays better, and you see it in the save percentage. Yeah, and. Um... Unfortunately, I don't have any like prospect cards on him that I saw. Uh, I don't think there's anyone that, to my knowledge, that's doing goaltending prospect cards to see what you know what percentage or high day high danger save percentage chances, as opposed to oh, it's just he's making a lot of low danger saves because of how great the team was in front of him. But I do feel like you're you're gonna see this. He's he's 18 years old. You don't expect to, him to really do anything for the Sharks instantly, obviously. But in three or four years, when we're looking at who the Sharks have you know, down the pipeline, because we have Aiden Hill, who right now could be a yes or no answer. We also have the big question mark above, is Martin Jones getting bought out? Is he not getting bought out? We don't know what's going on with that situation. If we do end up buying him out and there's a veteran that comes in, we expect it to be a three-year contract at the most. In three years, we're going to have a better idea of how Gaudreau's is and how he can play, and he'll come over and showcase his abilities for the uh, for the um, excuse me the Barracuda. So, I think this gives us a better timeline with the second best NA goalie in this draft to figure out the issue in between the pipes. And I I really love this pick. And, you know, luckily for him, he won't be rushed into anything because, like you mentioned, Aiden Hill, we also have Mel Nichuk ahead of him. So uh, I, I think he's in a good spot with the Sharks organization. Exactly. Uh, moving into these next couple of rounds, uh, I believe this is the reason why Kevin Kurz owes everyone beer now because he said, and I'm going to pull this screenshot up on my phone because I screenshotted it. Oh, here we go. He's getting serious, folks. Oh, yeah. He said at 11.32 a.m., 7.24-2021, Sharks now have two picks in each of the fourth and fifth rounds. If they use all of those without moving around whatsoever, I will buy you all a beer. GG, Kev. I hope you got a good credit card limit because we're going to make a fucking beer snake and you're buying it, man. 100%. So if we're going to quickly run through these picks, and this is nothing against the players, but... you know, once you start getting towards these fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounders, the probability of NHL of these guys actually becoming NHLers, full-time NHLers, is extremely low. And again, that's nothing to any of these guys. We've seen guys: Mark Stone, sixth-round pick; Joe Pavelski. I mean, you're you're talking about great players in their own right come in no, and, and become exactly. And something that you got to remember too. At the end of the day, I know these are 
professional athletes. I mean, or or they will be. But we're talking about teenagers right now. You know, these guys yeah. are, are 18 years old. So there's a lot that can change in two, three years uh, for an athlete. So, yeah, it's something else to keep in mind there. Yeah, we're not there. There's no slight here. There's no uh, anything. We can revisit this draft in two years to see where these guys are. You know, we plan on doing that most likely in the future sometime this offseason. Maybe we'll take a look at the 2019 draft and see how bad we fucking whiffed. But. Nick, schedule a reminder because in two years I will forget. <laughs> I'll forget next week, Dylan. Don't worry. I'll get Siri <laughs> right on it. But um, jumping into our first pick, I believe this one was not completely off the board, but it was definitely a bit of a, a weird one. Gannon, I want to say LaRoque. LaRoque, the, yeah. Yeah, for the Victoria Royals, another WHL product. And I think they're taking your advice here when you say this is the best league in Canada, the best junior league in Canada. So uh, I've, I've been saying it for years. Uh, Victoria Royals, great organization. Actually, just a you know, hour and a half drive south of me. Um, you know, defensemen, you know, WHL produces a lot of them. Big, bruising defensemen. More stay-at-home guys. Um, you know, later pick, I, I think you kind of go for the safer picks here. And I think that's what uh, they did here with LaRoque. I think the funny thing here is that this pick, so so just as like a comparison, Gaudreau was ranked as the 32nd best player in general, and we got him at 81. LaRoque, is, he got picked at 103, and Central Scouting has him at 219. Oh. So off the board was the name of the game. That's We, we the leveled the playing field a little bit there. Yeah, we, you know, if we're going to have one outlier, we got to have another one to level that shit out. So <laughs> there really isn't a lot to go over. He is more of a stay-at-home defenseman, like you said. His last season... Um, for Victoria, he played 21 games, uh, one goal, six assists, seven points, 30 penalty minutes. So um, looks like just a standard stay-at-home defenseman. And if you could get him to be a, a Brendan Dillon type of player to where he's coming in, he's soaking up minutes, but he's he's just um, out just outlandishly good on defense, that's something that is, is definitely worth a pick here. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day with these later picks, if you can get uh, a defenseman that ends up on your bottom pairing, that's a win for that pick. Yeah. Um, next pick, 121, we had uh, Ethan Cardwell. And just as a, a refresher, that that's, uh, third round pick that we had was 81st overall. That may not line up with a lot of your guys' math. Well, that's because we traded back with St. Louis at 71 still got our goaltender at 81 and we acquired another pick in the sixth round. So just wanted to highlight that. And I'll believe there was any other moves made other than that one. Um, but the 121st overall pick was Ethan Cardwell. He is a forward out of the, excuse me, I'm flipping in between stuff. Very right cold. Now. Very cold. Yeah, to the the very cold from exactly. Um, center technically smaller center though under six foot which is doug wilson jr's type he's got a type he likes the smaller guys because <laughs> they they're just faster they're they're faster they get bigger and it has been proven over equivalency models much like hockeyprospecting.com you know the big guys are big but productivity is significantly lower star production level and nhl probability levels are significantly lower for those guys so 511 181 right-handed shot uh, ranked 70th overall by EliteProspects.com, ranked uh, 159 by NHL Central Scouting for North American Skaters. 
But FC Hockey and Elite Prospects love him a little bit more. He's ranked 88th for FC Hockey. Yeah, and I mean, 26 points in 26 games, not not bad at all. He can put up some points. So, uh, yeah, interesting pick. I like it. Yeah, and then he did go to that. He had a loan over to Sweden, and he played in. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce this league. I think it's below the Allsvenskan. It's the Hockey Aten. It looks like that's what the name is. Uh, 27 points in 18 games. So there you go. Just he's a point getter. We'll, we'll we'll pay more attention to his points at the OHL level and see how he does moving forward. Uh, next player, RTM Guryev, out of the Lindsay Muskies. In Ooh. is that the OJHL? It's another yeah, defenseman. Ontario Junior Hockey League. Yeah. Gotcha. So another young kid. Well, they're all going to be young. Obviously, they have to be at a certain draft age. Um, from Moscow. <laughs> I don't know. Though, with these Russians, they've known to lie on their uh, on their birth certificate. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Kaprizov, where you at? <laughs> no, who a, was a it? It, it? Was it was a player out of Colorado recently that you know? There's been rumors around him that uh, that he lied on on his birth certificate. I can't remember the name. I'll, I'll dig it up and come back to you. Okay, okay. I'll I'll talk about RTM here, uh, or RTM or RTM. I've heard it been pronounced both ways, and Guryev should be pretty much the same. Um, another big defenseman, 6'3", 198. 198, yeah, 6'3", 198 at 18 years old. That's a big guy. When I was 18, I was 6'2", 150, you know? So once he hits... Our age, Dylan, once he finally hits his final growth spurt around 24, this kid could easily be a 6'5", fucking 220-pound defender. Just an absolute Kyle McLaren of a beast. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I just got to throw this in there. I found the name. Uh, Grigorenko. Oh. Played for the Avalanche. There's rumors that he uh, lied about his age just to uh, well, make his stock better in the draft. Anyways, we can move on from that. Hey, if it helped him and he got away with it, what are you going to do? It's a Russian wit. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, uh, funny enough, is um, he's actually for the Petersboro Peets now. He, he's he's leveled up to the OHL, but they didn't really have much of a season. So technically his last known played season in 19 and 20 was the OJHL for the Lindsay Muskies. But he is with the Peters, uh, Peterboro Peets, uh, famously housing Mr. Ryan Merkley previously. But just a... A quick little rundown of Mr. Giryev here is when he did play in the OJHL, he had six points in 20 games, 66 penalty minutes. Ooh. He's a mean guy. He's not playing around here, folks. No, he's, he's you know, some people, it's just a game. And he's like, no, yet <laughs> it's not just a game. It will crush you like iron. So... <laughs> the kid's like i'm only 13 and you're like 16 <laughs> they don't know that <laughs> boom plays the hip check ah he's just saying, i gotta st- i gotta stop with the the russian age trick trickery here so i i, nah, I gotta move going. on from that <laughs> we're gonna get keep some angry messages here yeah you're gonna get the wrong type of voicemails yeah no kidding uh, moving to our next pick, we got Max McHugh from the London Knights. Dylan, I'm going to let you take this one. Uh, interesting thing that I read about Max McHugh. He tr- says he tries to model his game after Matthew Kachuk, which I really like. Um, you know, getting a player like this later in the draft, a guy who can throw around the body, uh, you know, a gritty guy that you could see maybe on the fourth line for the Sharks moving forward. I, I think that's a, a good pickup. Played for the London Knights. Um, 
you know, didn't put up a lot of points. I imagine he was probably on the fourth or third line for the London Knights as well. But uh, I do like this draft pick. Yeah, and we'll see what uh, you know how he gets utilized moving forward. He was ranked 114th overall by the NHL Central Scouting for North American skaters. And, and the problem and why I said we're not going to be able to do a deep dive in some of these guys is everyone out of the OHL, no stats last year. They had no stats yeah. to go off of. So whatever they did as far as – I don't know who's in charge of like Ontario or um, – Ontario's in Toronto, right? Please forgive my geography here. Well, well, I mean, Toronto's in Ontario, yes. Okay, so Ontario's the province, Toronto's a city. Jesus, See, you I'm Americans. just trying to learn, okay? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Everyone that's, you know, maybe some other listeners are also learning. This is an educational podcast, okay? You know, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So um, anyone that's playing in the OHL or whoever the Sharks have over in Ontario doing their scouting, they have to be doing some sort of off the ice or, or not actual regulated game type of scouting. You know, maybe they have some fucking beer leagues out in Ontario or something where these kids are playing in, where it's not a sanctioned event and they're able to scout them that way. I don't know. That's some pure Maguire shit, you know, yeah. <laughs> watching the pond hockey games to get the scout reports. It's like, well, he had some slick mitts. He couldn't really elevate the puck. It's pond hockey. <laughs> and he was you five can't... beers. He was five beers in. I can't wait to see what he can do sober. <laughs> Oh, I love it. So, yeah, that's that's essentially the reasoning as to why we can't really do a deep vibe on some of these guys. Yeah. Uh, so should we just fire we, through the last three names? Yeah, yeah. I think this is probably where we're just going to slot them through here. We had the sixth round Liam Gilmartin uh, played for the U.S. National Under-18 team. Great uh, last, last name. Yeah, Gilmartin's just a great. I mean, I believe he's got like a pretty hockey bred family if i was watching the draft when he was selected and they actually highlighted him because they only highlight one or two players per round once you get to five or six um they highlighted him and they said it's gonna be a great pick for the sharks based on value based on where he's at and they're excited to see what the u.s national development program can do born in falls forward. church italy Am I reading I that right? I'm, I'm not vetting this information right well, now. Well, no, I'm on go. hockey. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm on hockey DB, and it's, it says Fall Church, Italy. So I just find Place that interesting. Birth, I have Heidelberg, Germany. Who are you looking at? What? <laughs> We're looking at the same guy? <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the London Knights, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, anyways, let's move on. Yeah, he had uh, just really quickly at 35 points in 50 games in the U.S. National Under-18 team and uh, only 1.5 games for the Under-18 World Junior Championship. And obviously, since he's with the London Knights, zero stats. <laughs> um, next pick, end of the sixth round or middle six, whatever, Theo Jakobsen. I'm assuming it's Jakobsen. Could be Jacobson. I'll be Jakobsen. Sounds we'll go so with the Jakob. Cooler. Yeah. Yeah, he's a Swedish. He was in the Swedish Junior League center. And then final pick, seventh round, overall, 199 overall. This guy's obviously going to be a future Hall of Famer. Yevgeny Kishnikov or Kashnikov, one of those two. Uh, it's it's, it's Kashnikov. I'm going with Kashnikov, yeah. yeah. Yevgeny Kashnikov, defenseman of the Gatineau Olympics in the QMJHL. Born on Christmas Day. 
Okay, so he is like the li- he. Is I don't know how accurate this info is. Again, like hockey DB, it doesn't even have a place of birth. So I mean, this guy is obviously born on a plane. He had no real, <laughs> real country to call home. Yeah, it's international waters. You don't yeah. know what could happen. He teams. <laughs> he plays for Team Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> uh, a six four. What's funny is if you go to his uh, elite prospects account, he's actually a defenseman and a forward. He's listed as both. The old six, Brent Burns. That's a fucking gigantic man. He's 6'4", 198 pounds at 18 years old. He, it, what's funny is he's ranked 130 overall by NHL uh, Central Scouting, and he was picked up in the seventh round. He played uh, the 2020 season. He played 22 games in the MHL in Russia. He scored 10 points in 22 games. He also had 22 penalty minutes. And then uh, in the queue, he played for the Gatineau Olympics. He had five points in eight games in 11 penalty minutes. So big-bodied guy that really likes to tell everyone uh, he's out on the ice, it seems like. There you go. And uh, I think that pretty much does it for our draft picks. Yeah. Um, this was amazing. An amazing draft, in, in my opinion. Mainly because of the first two picks. You know, it, it's hard to gauge how well they did with the, the last you know, the yeah, fourth, I mean, fifth, the sixth, the seventh round. I mean, let's be honest; they could have picked anybody, anybody in those spots in the later rounds, and we, you know, we can't really say much about it. This draft, especially uh, since you know no one's really played in the last six months. Yeah, and you know, honestly, for me, the reason why I like this so much is because it's like they put two hundred names on a board. They had a big board, and. They just went down and they got best player available based on their scouts. Last year, the Sharks drafted an incredible amount of wingers. Zero defensemen, zero goalies, all forwards they drafted. This year, they go out there, they mix it up. They get a goaltender in the third round. They get the big body defensemen. They get fast, speedy, under six foot forwards, you know, and they absolutely crush it. Out of the park, you know, of course, initial reactions with William Eklund, a.k.a. Billy Eck. I gave it an A. Dylan, what would you give it? Uh, I think it was A's across the board. Yeah, and um, funny enough, and I'm going to use this to further um, promote my prerogative, essentially. Uh, Patrick Bacon, a.k.a. at Top Down Hockey, he does amazing work with Jay Fresh. He helped make all the prospect cards. Um, that you've probably seen all around Twitter or all around Reddit. Um, just an amazing guy. He was actually, uh, Shang Peng interviewed him. Uh, you can catch that. It's on San Jose Hockey Now, uh, com, obviously. But Patrick Bacon said that he, you know, using basic math off of his own um, model, obviously, he had a winner and a loser based on the grades, obviously. You know, if you're picking BPA, if you're reaching, if you're going off the board, the best draft went to the San Jose Sharks. The worst draft yeah. went to the Ottawa Senators. Really? So, really? Yeah. Interesting. It was, it was so many off-the-board picks that they had that were – it just didn't didn't vibe with his, 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 you know, his equivalency model. Um, and he said – I'm going to quote the tweet right now. Says, I just ran some simple math to see who had the best draft and who had the worst, according to my model. Sharks graded out best. Ottawa graded out last. Seems about right to me. Article coming out tomorrow. So on Monday, you can actually check out his article as to the justification as to why um, 
he graded them this way. And I think it's it's quite obvious. The Sharks went BPA and believed in scouting. I love it. I love it. Um, all right. Should we move on to some of the trades that went down over the weekend? Yeah, I think we should kind of bust through these, give our reactions, give our grades per team, or just kind of off the top of the head. And yeah, just, and there's there's a couple that we'll just fire through, but there's a couple that I think it's worth kind of diving into. Exactly. Um, first one, we'll just go with uh, a heartbreaker for me personally. <laughs> the St. Louis Blues trade Sammy Blay and their 2022, not 2021, their 2022 second-round pick for forward Pavel Buchnevich. Yeah, I think this was a great pickup um, by the St. Louis Blues. I really do. Uh, and I think the price that they paid for him was very reasonable. A guy that's going to put up like 20 goals and probably put up 50 points. Yeah, I, I really like it for the Blues. I sent you a message when he was told to be on the block. And I said, Kevin LeBanc for Buchnevich one for one. Yeah. Every day of the week. You know, and and they only at had it, to give up Sammy Blake. <laughs> I know. I know. And, you know, maybe we had to throw in a sweetener of some sort, but I don't see it being too high of a price. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, we can't we can't really say much because who knows if the Rangers actually wanted LeBanc. But uh, I'd say that the Blues won that one. The next one, though, this is interesting. Uh, oh Ristolainen um, <laughs> being acquired by the Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for Robert Hag, 2021 first-round pick and a 2023 second-round pick. Um, so wait, and, explain this to me. You're telling me the Philadelphia Flyers had to actually pay money <laughs> to get Rosmus Ristolainen? It's insane. Uh, you know, a first and a second, and and Robert Hag, who you know he's a depth defenseman, but he still fills that spot. Uh, I mean, I know they just got what was it, Ryan Ellis? Ryan Ellis, yeah. In that big three way with uh, the Predators and Vegas involving Nolan Patrick, but like, damn. You go and you pay money to Arizona to get Ghost off the books, and then you go and pay premium value to Buffalo to get a guy who's beyond replacement level, according to most advanced stats. Like, yeah, who's like not much better than than Gosh Despair, and yeah, I don't know what the exact price. I think it was a second and a third that they paid just to get Gosh Despair off the books, yeah. which is, I mean, that's I mean, asset management. That's just terrible asset management right there. Yeah, you know, I have this game that I play. It's called a franchise hockey manager. Ironically enough, in that game, uh, I played it about six months ago, and the Sharks sucked enough to where I actually was able to draft William Eklund, nice. who, like I said before, has been my draft crush, and I had to draft him at third overall because he wasn't falling past third overall. But this seems like one of those trades in that game where it doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. You yeah. see those video game trades that go on, and you're like, "There's no way in real life that they're gonna pay to get wrist light and they just, they just did. And they just did. I know. They just fucking did. So I give it a fat fucking f, personally, <laughs> for Flyers. So, yeah, the the Sabers. They, they great job from one. the Sabers, though. Yeah, I mean, it's rare that we say that, but great job by the Sabers. Uh, the next one, we'll just quickly touch on this one: the Blue Jackets acquiring Jake Bean. Uh, from the Hurricanes in exchange for a second-round pick in the 2021 draft. I really like Jake Bean. I think this is a great pickup uh, for the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are obviously going through um, some sort of transition period. Yeah, they're, uh, they're obviously moving on from guys and acquiring assets, but also acquiring 
with said assets players that they know can be a difference maker now and in the future. And Jake Bean is one of those guys. We've talked about him possibly getting selected by the Kraken. He obviously wasn't. They went with Geeky instead. Um, Which I still don't get, but anyways. Yeah, we're not going to talk about how Seattle botched that. Yeah. Um, but I love it. Honestly, it's a great pick for it's a great pickup for Columbus because you know, in this next trade, that second round <laughs> pick doesn't really mean Jack Diddley fucking squat because I got to take a deep breath to get ready to say this. The Columbus Blue Jackets traded Seth Jones, a 2021 first round pick that they acquired in the Dennis Savard trade via Tampa Bay, so it was Tampa Bay's pick, as well as a 2022 sixth round pick for forward Adam Bokvist, Chicago's first round pick this year, Chicago's second round pick this year, this last draft, and the and Chicago's first round pick in 2022. Talk about getting rid of a guy who, yeah, Seth Jones is a great player, but, like, this great? Well, and, you know, as soon as they signed him, they, they uh, or acquired him, they signed him to an extension at nine, oh, I believe it was $9.5 for eight more years. Yeah. Uh, so not the... only did you pay a king's ransom, but you took on an albatross of a contract. I don't care how good he is right now, and do I believe he's a $9.5 million defenseman? That's highly debatable in my opinion. But for is he going to be even close to that in six or seven years? Hell no. Seth Jones is a $6 million D-man every day of the week and twice on Sundays. And for them to find a way to get an actual value from Duncan Keith to then fuck it off and give $9.5 million to Seth Jones doesn't make any sense to me at all whatsoever. No. Like, people want to talk about the Brent Burns contract. Brent Burns' contract is looking better by the minute <laughs> because of the Chicago Blackhawks. So absolutely. And again, great job by Columbus, you know, getting Adam Bogfist, getting, you know, two first round picks. Um, And and like we mentioned, the last trade with uh, Carolina, they also got Jake Bean. So they're really stocking up on young guys and picks. I like it. Columbus Blue Jackets is going to be a very good team in the 2024 season. I'm just yeah. letting everyone know that. Right and now. and then once those guys are stars, they'll, they'll, they'll leave and then we'll go through the cycle again. Yes. Everyone loves to leave Ohio. So it's the Winnipeg. Of the United States. You said it, not me. You said it, not me. (laughs) All right, this one, uh, the Vancouver Canucks. I'm going to let you do this one, Dylan. You have a little bit more of emotional attachment to this one than I do. Yeah, so the Vancouver Canucks acquired Oliver Ekman Larson and Connor Garland in exchange for Anton Roussel, Jay Beagle, Louis Erickson, a 2021 first-round pick, which was the ninth overall pick, 2022 second-round pick, and a 2023 seventh-round pick, uh, obviously to the Arizona Coyotes. Now, this was kind of out of left field. Not I, I never expected to see Anton Roussel, Jay Beagle, and Louis Erickson involved in a single trade, but just happened. It just happened. Yeah, and that 2021 first-round pick, that ninth overall selection that you talked about, turned into Dylan Gunther for Arizona. And for those that listened to the interview with Byron Bader, he was his highest projected star probability percentage at a nice 69% there. So um, you can just slot his name in right there because the Canucks essentially traded him away as well. So yeah. I don't, I don't know how I can really grade this. I, I know the Canucks find a way to get those big contracts and to get those names out of town, maybe for a breath of fresh air. But like you stated before, 
you're only holding on to those contracts for one more season, but now you've taken on OEL for what six more years, four more years? I don't remember how long. Yeah, I think it's six was. more years. Uh, Arizona is going to be retaining one point two, so I believe the cap it will be seven million for Oliver Ekman Larson. And you know the the trade is for Vancouver. They're depending on this guy having somewhat of a bounce back season. If, at least he can put up thirty points. I think they'd be happy with that. And Connor Garland is a great player. Uh, yeah, you know the Coyotes fans are are pissed about seeing this guy leave. I think he can put up twenty five goals on a regular basis playing on the second Easy. line. Easy. I think the the biggest chip here, if you take everyone else's name away, it's literally Connor Garland for those picks. Yeah. Because you're trading garbage contract now for garbage contract over to over time, but you're getting Connor Garland out of this. I really love that for Vancouver. He's gonna thrive. I feel like this is also gonna open up options for some key RFAs moving forward, i.e. Quinn Hughes and Elias Pedersen. So well, and, um, and that's just it. Uh, one last point. I mean, lots of people are saying, well, they were over these contracts in one year. Yeah, well, they have to sign Patterson and Hughes now. So they, they yeah. need the cap space now, and you're going to pay a certain price to get that. Yeah. Uh, as long as Seattle doesn't try to offer sheet him. Don't say that. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> this one's a heartbreaker for me, personally. Um, the Buffalo Sabres give up Sam Reinhart who we have been mocking to the Sharks for quite some time now, for goalie Devin Levi and a 2022 first-round pick from the Florida Panthers. So, honestly, I feel like this was a no-brainer for the Panthers. They're competing now based on their season. They don't need Devin Levi because they have Spencer Knight ready to go. And I, I felt Devin slightly Levi, underwhelmed by this trade for Sam Reinhardt. I thought there was going to be a, a little bit more, maybe more pieces involved with the player of that stature, but uh, yeah, I guess not. I would also have liked for Florida to find a way to get this done prior to the draft starting and getting one of those picks that they had in the first round instead of next year. So that way they could get focus a little bit more on... You know what I'm saying. I'm just my brain is dead right now. But yeah, um, I wanted them to get the this year's first round pick, not next year's first round pick. Yeah, um, yeah. And getting a guy like Devin Levi, he played in World Juniors for Canada as Canada got mollywopped by the United States. The guy who was across from him was his teammate Spencer Knight. Um, so you know nothing against Levi. He's going to be a good goaltender hopefully moving forward uh, for Buffalo. I just felt like you could have gotten more for him. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, this, yeah, let's move on to the last one before my brain melts. <laughs> okay, so this last one, uh, another Columbus trade. Uh, this one's a, a bit odd. They acquire uh, Jacob Voracek in exchange for Cam Atkinson, who goes to the Philadelphia Flyers. It's a one um, for one. It's a one for one. You're uh, trading average everywhere for great offense and bad defense. Yeah, so there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was an exciting couple of days with so many trades going down uh, this offseason. I, I think it's going to continue to be pretty crazy. Jack Eichel is still on the board. There's a there's a whole slew of big names that are still to be traded. So uh, this Not is going to be Not to mention, fun... Dylan, we also have free agency kicking in high gear here come yeah. July 28th. Um, leave us all kinds. Of, or I believe we're going to have a voicemail line open for free agent frenzy. Um, Absolutely. Up. So we're gonna we're gonna keep the voicemails open for those that are given reactions to everything. We want to know your reaction to what the sharks do, what the sharks don't do, what this team did, uh, X, Y, and Z. We want to know exactly what you guys know about the free agent frenzy that's going to begin. But speaking of voicemails, Dylan, 
We got a couple doozies lined up for the folks, don't we? That we do. Uh, we got, uh, I believe, four voicemails. Now, I didn't give people a very big window. I posted this at about, I don't know, I think it was at, it was at about noon. And I said, you have until 2 o'clock to send in your voicemails. We got four in, which is awesome. Uh, so we're going to play our first one here. Nick, I love these voicemails. Honestly, I, the fans, especially the, all the Redditors that have been coming in and just leaving these voicemails... We love them. We want them to keep coming in. That's why we're going to do the free agent frenzy one. We're going to do a bunch more moving forward, as many as we can. Um, but you have this this first one lined up. It was sent in by Cam, right? Uh, yes, our buddy Cam. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Cam from Victoria, BC. Uh, draft was successful. Pretty stoked on Eklund and a few other picks in there. Benny Goodrow, good goalie prospect. Pretty stoked on that. Um, and then afterwards, I watched the interview with Doug Wilson. Um and he was talking in there about acquiring veterans in free agency. So my question to you is, who the fuck are we going to give up to acquire these veterans on a roster right now? Kind of intriguing. I uh, would love to hear your take. Hope the rest of your weekend and your Sunday is awesome. Go Sharks. Peace. Awesome. Big shout out to Cam. Uh, Cam, by the way, your sunglasses are still at the Hockey Podcast Network studio. Uh, so, Pick up your sunglasses, so, Cam. God exactly. Damn. Well, it's an ex- another excuse to come in and do an episode with the boys. But anyways, great uh, great voicemail. He mentions you know, bringing in veterans and, and how are we going to do that. I still think there's a trade or two that the Sharks are going to look to move some money out so they can get some depth pieces. I think you're looking at moving more money out than than acquiring money this offseason, though, for the Sharks. Yeah, you said it right. We've we've hinted at the defense for depth forward trade. We're waiting on that to be hopefully released here pretty soon. And uh, you still have LeBanc on the trade block, and they're looking for a hockey trade. You're looking to get rid of guys and also bring in guys, like you said, at a lower cap hit to allow us to sign guys in free agency that we want to sign. All right, next voicemail. Here we go. SoCal, and I'm all up in the hype, drinking gallons of the Kool-Aid. Give me some Eklund. Give me some more Ferraro, Super Mario. Give me some EK9, EK65 on the rebound. Chomp, chomp, boys. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming that was right after the William Eklund pick. (laughs) I love it. I'm going to play the start of it again. I think we did. Did we miss his name at the start of that, Nick? Yeah, just a bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll play the start of it again. This is Odd Scene calling from enemy territory, SoCal. And I'm all up in the hype, drinking... Odd scene. There you go. Thanks for uh, calling in, buddy. That was awesome. He's drinking all the fucking Kool-Aid. <laughs> the Billyak Kool-Aid is coming in hot. Hey, I like it. I think a, I think a lot of people are drinking the Kool-Aid right now. Yeah, I mean, you look at the highlights of what he's done against grown men in the SHL, and then you look at his, like his picture when he's FaceTiming or talking to Eric Carlson, and you're like, this is a child. This is a fucking baby. What, how is he doing the things that he's doing? And like <laughs> he gets extremely hype when he scores goals. Like he said, that's an injection that the Sharks need of adrenaline into that lineup. All right, next one. This is from Sage. All right. Thanks. Thanks for the speak, thanks for the uh, speak pipe. Isn't really. I don't know if we might have to refresh that here. I think we see. might have to. Yeah, right, I don't we're, even we're, see the bar going across. Shades, yeah, we're, we're going to give you one more shot. We're going to give you one more shot here, Sage. Um, Eklund at number seven. That's all I can say. Amazing. Top three talent fell to us at seven. Nothing more can be said. 
All right. Hey, that was worth the wait. Uh, great, short and sweet. Um, pumping Eklund's tires. I love it. Thank you, Sage. Hell yeah. We're, we're all here on the, the Billy Eck, the William Eklund train. You know, the John Leonard hype train, it had its it had its run. It's kind of stagnant. We've had a couple wheels fall off. <clears throat> but the and, William and, Eklund hype train has just begun. And you guys all need to hop on while you can. Exactly. And and folks, I just want to apologize for the uh, lackluster production here today. I'm not in the studio. I'm at home on a tiny little Chromebook trying to do everything on a trackpad. So there may be a couple delays here that you wouldn't normally hear in the podcast, but uh, we're trying our best. All right, we're going to get to our last voicemail. This one is from Cody G. And uh, God damn it, we're speed five to... you, man. I'm telling you, we're going to smash just... that refresh one more time. Just I'm to... gonna I'm gonna hit that refresher. We're gonna try it again here. The refresher, Rooney. Oh man, where do I begin? William Eklund at seventh overall. I cannot be any more happy than that. I was originally wanting Wallstead, but seeing as we got Benjamin Goodrow at 81st overall in the third round, you know what? I don't feel as bad anymore. And honestly, Gannon Larac with a name like Gannon. You know it's going to be good coming in at uh, 103rd overall. Also, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Evgeny Kashnikov of the 7th round, 199 overall. Shout-out from Gatineau Olympics, local town. Gotta love it. Honestly, this draft has been such a home run for uh, DW Jr. And I uh, cannot wait to see Eklund in a Sharks jersey. It can't come soon enough. Man, I just love hearing some good old Canadian fans. Guys, obviously, from uh, Gatineau and just how he pronounced LaRoque. I can't even I can't even yeah. come close to how he did it. He did the that's the French pronunciation. He did la hook. He la had hook. at the yeah. end there that it's I very felt like I was in school do. again and the French teacher was yelling at me. Oh yeah. No, I think <laughs> we're all with you there, man. We're we're beyond excited. Yeah. And good thing to to note that it's DW Jr. who's more than likely making the majority of these picks. And you can see he's got a type of player that he's got his hands on. He goes for that guy. And he has his fingerprints all over this draft. There's a goalie in it. There's a lot of skilled young forwards that are under six foot and a lot of big body defensemen. So we're, we could, you know, we couldn't be uh, more on the same page. And I uh, just want to thank everybody for leaving a voicemail. This is great. We've done it a couple times now, and you know we, we've gotten great response every single time. So we're going to do this more often, probably once a month sort of thing. Whenever big events happen, we'll, uh, we'll throw the link up and you can leave your voicemails. But uh, this has been awesome. Definitely, man. And, you know, I think that uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up for today's episode. Uh, feel free to tweet at us at Stick Hungry Pod. Make sure you follow the network at HockeyPodNet and uh, drop us a follow, too. You want to get into some some good Sharks talk in the offseason. We tweet a lot from our personal accounts a little bit more than we do from the Stick Hungry account. You can follow myself on Twitter at NickFloor underscore. Dylan? You can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN. And that's going to wrap it up, folks. Hope you guys are all out there getting ready to get your fucking hype train on because the William Eklund hype train is boarding up and it's going to be leaving here pretty soon. Get ready for the NHL free agent frenzy and hopefully a Martin Jones buyout. You guys all stay safe and stay hydrated. Stay hydrated.